This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. The title of my sermon is Hope for Healing. Hope for Healing. Uh, Today is Healing Sunday. And uh, I really believe, I know this, that the devil attacks us, uh, will attack us in three areas in our lives. He will attack us in our relationships. He will try to cause division, problems in relationships. And we need to make sure that that we are guarding that part of our life. Amen. And then he will also attack us a lot of times in our finances. Because the devil knows if he can keep you broke, he can keep you from getting the gospel out to, to the world. Amen. And then the devil also attacks us in our health. Has anybody ever had a health crisis in the house? You ever dealt with any health issues? Uh, yes, we are in a corruptible body. You know, we are, have just a down payment of our salvation. We don't have it all yet. That's the reason why the Bible says our bodies groan at times. Because we want to have the full, say, somebody say full redemption. So it, it's coming. Look at your neighbor and say, it's coming. In other words, we're, we're coming to a place where God's going to give us glorified bodies. How many people are excited about a glorified body? This man is. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And uh, Larry, Larry has uh, uh, been standing strong in health. Uh, he, he was in the hospital this week, but, uh, but he was dismissed and he's in Sunday church. Amen? And uh, he's doing really well. But we are all dealing with battles here. And, and the Bible really reveals uh, God's plan for mankind. And really his plan is, is, is to give us the blessing in our life. Uh, God wants to bless us spirit, soul, and body. Jesus came uh, to bring us back to the Garden of Eden. I'm going to say that again. Jesus came to bring us back to the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. And you got to think about this, uh, that before the fall, what was Adam's and Eve's relationship with God? It was amazing. What was their relationship with each other? It was amazing. What was uh, their uh, place in, uh, in uh, uh, the area of uh, walking in no lack. It was amazing. They had abundance. They had no lack. They had prosperity. They had everything at their fingertips. And so what, what, what God wants to do is he wants to bring us back into the Garden of Eden. And so we got to get a vision. Look at your neighbor and say, get a vision. And you got to get a vision that God wants to bless you. That he wants to bless you like as if sin has never Touched us. Amen. So we want to be, God wants to bless us as if sin has never done anything to us. We know sin is in this world and we live in a corrupt world system. And because we live in this corrupt world system, corruptible things happen to us. Can I get a witness in the house today? You're not going to avoid some of these corruptible things. But, you know, you can get a, a vision that God wants you living above the circumstances and not under the circumstances. Yeah. 
You see, the Bible is full of stories that give us lessons that we can glean from. But I really believe the Bible is more than just stories. The Bible is really a promises of God to give us vision. And if we can get a revelation of that, that, that God's word is really, the Bible is a vision book. Can I get a witness in the house today? It, it should give you some vision. When you read the Bible, it should enlighten you and reveal to us where God wants us, what God wants us to do, and what God has given us. And so I'm going to say this, that, that, that we need to understand that the Word of God is powerful. No word, no vision. No vision, no life. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. I love this, this here because it says here, Where no vision, we, we, will, we will not exist. We will eventually die. But it says that he that keeps the law, another word for law is the word. So he who keeps the word, so, it's, so really the word produces the vision. I like what it says in the Amplify. It says where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes man, is blessed, happy, fortunate is he. So we see here that, that the word of God will produce vision and, and vision is a redemptive revelation of who God is. Say, I'm getting to know God better. Amen. So we got to get a revelation of God. And whenever we encounter the storms of life, uh, the enemy's working against us. And what he's trying to do is to short circus our, to, short, to short circuit, not circus, our understanding of God's love for us. Amen. <laughs> I'll get it out. Amen. So we got to get a revelation of God's love. Look at your neighbor and say, get a revelation of God's love. See, I'm getting you to say things. Do you know the most important thing that we can do is speak our faith? Did you know that when the Holy Spirit invaded the church, did you know what God did when the Holy Spirit invaded church? church? He touched the tongues of the people. So he caused them to speak with new tongues. Why? Because there's power in your words. Think about that. And it's our words that's going to change our life. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation uh, of God's love for us. I love it in Psalms 8, 3 and 6. It says, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? So the psalmist is saying, Look, God, you made the heaven, you made the earth, you made the stars, you made all this, but what is man? Man really trumps all of the other creation that God has created in the universe. We are God's most prized possession. Thank you for that amen. I got one amen. Some people are saying, well, maybe the stars are a little bit more precious to God than us. No, no. we're more precious to God than anything he's ever created. 
Somebody say, I'm precious to God. Amen. And I love this. And so the psalm is saying, what is the moon, the stars? What is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower. And most translations says angels. But in the New American Standard, it says lower than God. The word is Elohim. And that's a Hebrew word. And so sometimes when uh, the people are translating the word, uh, sometimes they make it a little lighter. They say angels, but really Elohim means God. So God God has made us a little lower than himself. Man, thank you for that amen. Thank you for that amen. And so we got to get a revelation. Think about this. Just, Just think about this. God came down here and became a man. Wow. He identified with us so that we could identify with him. Why? He filled man with his spirit. So he came down to identify with us, but he went up so we can identify with him. Amen. Amen. In other words, we are his most prized possession. And so it says, yet, yet, it says here, yet you have made him a little lower than God. And notice this. And you have crowned him with glory and majesty. Amen. Somebody say, I'm crowned crowned. with glory and majesty. And he made him to rule over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. Now think about this. Not only does God crowns us with glory and honor, but really he has put all things under our feet. So when you think about this and you think about all things Could sickness be a part of all things? Could poverty be a part of all things? In other words, he put all things under our feet. Think about that. He crowned us with glory and honor and he put all things. So so sickness, sin should not lord over you. You should lord over it. What, Pastor? I thought that whatever comes my way, God is the one that sends it, and so I shouldn't question it. Well, not everything that comes your way, God is sending to you. Well, well, I got this, I got this problem in my life. Wasn't God the one that's behind it? No, no, God's behind the good, the devil's behind the bad. Amen. And, you, and most, and a lot of the church people, a lot of church, even pastors believe everything that comes in our lives comes from God, but not everything that comes in our life is coming from God. Remember the story of Job? And remember uh, the devil was, uh, was, was in God's courts? And remember, uh, God wasn't the one that, that, that attacked Job. It was the devil. Amen. So who's attacking mankind? The devil. So we got to get a revelation of that. And when you get a revelation of that, then you understand that God, God loves you. I like what it says in this is because God is a God that, that will, you know, it'd be like if God put sickness on us, it would be like you abusing your kids. You know, it would be, it would be called a child abuse. And God does not abuse us with sickness. 
Why? Because Jesus already did something for our sickness. What did he do? Jesus received stripes on his body for us to be made whole. So Jesus already did something for our sickness. Then why am I I'm dealing with sickness? Uh, because, because you're dealing with, you might be dealing with it, but it might, you might be in a process and you have to be in a process of believing. And when your believing comes to a full throttle faith, you will see it. And sometimes our believing is not where it needs to be. Amen. And so really, we got to be rooted and grounded in God's love for us. And that when we're rooted and grounded in his love, uh, no matter what is coming our way, we're not going to get in fear. We're not going to blame God. Because sometimes when things come our way, we say, God, why are you doing this to us? But God's not doing it to us. God's God's not your problem. (laughs) God's your solution. Can I get a witness in the house today? I love this. and, And really our faith should be rooted and grounded in what God did for us through his son, Jesus. Because really, Jesus paid the price. I'm I'm talking to somebody today. He paid the price so that we could have every blessing in heaven. I love this. It says here in John 3, 16, which is uh, what I call the golden text of the Bible. John 3, 16. You should have this memorized. How many people know John 3.16 out here? If you don't, read it and memorize it because it is the golden text of the Bible. It is a great text that when you are ministering to people trying to get them saved, John 3.16 should come up in your conversation. Amen. Amen. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's right there. That's the whole pinnacle of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. By default, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you're going to perish. It's default. That's the reason why we have to do something with the Savior. We must receive Him as our Lord and Savior, and we must receive Him as our healer. And I like the second part of this. In verse 17, it says, For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I'm going to say this to you this morning. God's not condemning you. And I'm, not, and I'm going to say this to you this morning. If you're dealing with any kind of health issue in the house, God's not condemning you over that as well. Sometimes when we get, we get a uh, symptom or we get attacked, sometimes the devil will try to play this on you and tell you, well, you're going through this because your life isn't exactly where it needs to be. Or, uh, or God is trying to teach you something through the process. Uh, no, God teaches us through his word. Amen. He doesn't teach us through that. Now, we can learn something through a trial. We can learn something through a tribulation. You, somebody say, well, God put me through, broke my leg so I can get closer to him. You could have got closer to him before, he broke, before the devil broke your leg. That's right. That's right. 
I had to, had to fix that, right? He, you could have got closer to him before the devil broke your leg. See, see the devil can, can do some things, and, and, and our response is going to depend on, or we're going to walk in the fullness of the blessings in our life. See, the devil has a plan for your life. The, the devil's plan is destruction. The devil is actively working against us to keep the promises of God in our, uh, coming to pass in our lives. God's vision for us and the devil's vision for us is recorded in John 10.10. 10. In John 10.10 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I love this scripture because one person says it's the dividing line of the Bible. What does that mean, the dividing line of the Bible? Well, this tells you that everything doesn't come from God. That the devil can do some things and God does some things. Can I get a witness in the house today? The thief, the devil, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundant. What is the devil trying to steal in the believer's life, he's trying to steal the word of God. What he's trying to do, he, how does he do that, pastor? Well, he does that through different ways, but one of the ways he, well, distractions, one. <laughs> He'll try to distract you. Amen. Like you might be thinking about what I'm going to eat when I get out of here. Amen. <laughs> well, you know, he might be trying to distract you. But, but one of the ways he does this is through trials and tribulations. In other words, if the devil can get you offended. Oh, that's, that's a strong word today. If he can get you offended with God, your circumstances, with the people, if he can get you offended, he, the devil, if he can get you offended, he will shut down the power and the grace of God in your lives. Somebody say, no offense here. We can't allow the devil to get us offended. Amen. Sometimes when we're in the problems of life, we get offended. Remember when Jesus was in the boat and he said, let's go to the other side. He was tired because he had a physical body uh, and he was sleeping and the wind and the waves and the storm came up. And you remember the disciples, they cried out. And they, they got offended when they said, God, he said, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we perish? They actually said that. Don't you care about us? They got offended because a storm was upon them. And you can't allow offense to come into your life. You got to let it go at all costs. How do you let go of offense? How do you, how do you, when somebody has hurt you, when, when, when things, you know, they've said things to you or they're doing things that, that, that offend you, how do you do it? You pray for them. And you keep praying for them. Can I pray that, that God will send hellfire on them, Pastor? Well, you don't want to pray that God sends hellfire on them. Remember, that's what the sons of Zebedee said. And that was John and James. They said, you know, the people won't receive us, Jesus. Let's pray down fire on them because that's what Elijah did, right, in the Old Testament. Well, the Old Testament was the law, 
right? It was under the law. And Elijah would call down fire when the, when the army came and the king was trying to get Elijah to come. He says, if I be a man of God, let fire fall down from heaven and burn you up. And guess what happened? It burned the people up. And then the second troop came. And he said the same thing. And the second troop burned up. And the third troop came, but that guy was a little smarter. He, he, he went on his knees and said, please don't burn us up. The king requests your presence. What, what is the key to, what is the moral to this story? Humility will always bring the grace of God. I'm talking to somebody today. Humility will always bring the grace of God in our lives. When we are in offense, we are in pride. And when we're in pride, we have no humility or very little humility. And with no humility, there's no grace. Somebody say, I need some humility. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Why? Because I need some grace. I need the grace of God. The Bible says that, that, he, that, that, that he will exalt the humble, but he will be standoffish uh, to the prideful. The Bible actually says God will put himself in opposition to those that are in pride. Ooh, I don't want God opposing me. So if you don't want God opposing you, get in humility. Get humble before the Lord. So how are we going to re- stay free of offense? Well, we're going to have to pray that God will bless people that God, and pray and ask God to help you to, to let it go. Pray for yourself and pray for those. And keep praying until the feeling of resentment leaves you. And when you think of what they did, because every time it comes into a thought, that feeling comes, that dirty, down, rascal, low down rascal. And you get the emotions of unforgiveness. You've got to keep praying. And keep asking God to bless them. And keep praying, Lord, bring them out of deception. Because whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. If they keep sowing discord, they're going to reap corruption in their life. But you're going to be free of it. Because, Because forgiveness is not for those that offend you, it's for you. Remember Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why? They were deceived. People that do wrong things are deceived and you have to pray that they come out of deception. Amen? Amen. And maybe every once in a while you may offend somebody. And maybe once in a while you might do something wrong. So you want people praying for you too. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't worry. You have Jesus. He's praying for you. He's up in heaven. He's our high priest. He's praying for us. So so I love this because there's going to be times where we'll be offended. I love this story in Matthew 15, 22 to 28. It's a Seraphonician woman. She's really outside the covenant of God. She's really, she's not a Jew, so she doesn't really qualify by birth. But you know, you may not qualify by birth for the blessing, but you definitely can qualify by faith. I'm going to say that again. You may not qualify by birth, but you can definitely qualify for the blessings of God by faith. Somebody say by faith. We inherit the promises. And it says, and it says, it starts off, it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, cried out to him, Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. Think about that. He didn't say one word to her. That might have that offended some of us. Man, 
He's ignoring us. Have you ever been ignored? He's ignoring me. Amen. Don't, don't get offended because people ignore you. Maybe they didn't, they didn't notice you there. Maybe they got something on their mind. Don't get offended. Amen. And it says here, and his disciples came and urged her. Now, this is the second offense. His disciples came and urged uh, him saying, send her away. You know that they were loud about it. So she's standing there and, and his disciples said, send her away, Jesus. And so that's the second offense that she got, could have got. People didn't want, her, I mean, they, they grew in their faith. Amen. We're all growing. Amen. The disciples grew in their faith. They finally laid down their lives for the gospel. But he said, send her away for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost, this is Jesus, the lost sheep of house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. That's the third time that she could have been offended. Well, he called me a dog. That's it. I'm out of here. Amen. But you know what? She said, yes, Lord. She didn't get offended. She stayed neutral. She stayed humble. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Think about this. She didn't allow... She didn't allow Jesus ignoring her. She didn't allow the other disciples trying to get her out of that place. She didn't allow Jesus calling her a dog to get her offended. No, she stayed positive. She stayed humble. And guess what? That humility brought forth the faith that said that it caused Jesus to say, you have what you desire. Woman, in in one translation, oh, great is your faith. And so your faith is incorruptible when you're walking in the love of God. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so not only did Jesus come to give us life, life more abundantly, John got a revelation of this too, the Apostle John. When he wrote to us in 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In the King James, it says, beloved, I wish above all things, above all things, above all things. Yes, above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Well, well, pastor, that sounds like you're talking about that, that this is a health and wealth gospel. Well, I'm not saying it. John's saying it. So get mad at him. Don't get mad at me. I'm just quoting what he's saying. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. I came that you may have life and have it. What? Less abundantly? No, more abundantly. Prosperity comes from soul prosperity. As your soul prospers, how, does you, how do you walk in... Pro- now, I'm, it's more than just money. Money is a small part of prosperity. Prosperity is rich relationships. It's divine health and it's abundance in finances it's, it's the whole gamut. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Whatever that means. It's the, all, it's the whole enchilada. For you Hispanics, Hispanics out there. The whole enchilada. Are you, are you Hispanics out here? Amen? 
It's, it's, it's everything. And so I love this. And you'd say, well, pastor, how do you have soul prosperity? Because if I have soul prosperity, I'm going to be prospering. I'm glad you asked. Because in James, it says here, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone hear of the word and not a doer, he like a man that observes his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Somebody say, the word of God. I'm going to get out of my seat now. The word of God is the perfect law of liberty. Of liberty. What does that mean? That means the word of God will bring liberty. I'm preaching to somebody today. Into our lives. The perfect law of liberty. Glory to God. And he says here that you. But but he who looks at the perfect law of liberty. And continues in it. Listen. If you're going to see the blessings. And the promise of God. You got to continue in it. You can't just be a casual observer of the Word of God. You can't just be in the Bible every once in a while. You can't just be a Sunday morning Christian only. you got to be an everyday Christian. I'm preaching now. Somebody say, I'm an everyday Christian. You need to be having church service every day of your life. When you get up, you need to start worshiping God. Start getting the glory of God in your house. Start praising God and see God move in your life. Somebody say amen on that. So we're not forgetful hearers, but we're doers. And if we're doers, we're blessed and our soul is prospering. I notice that when I'm, you know, there's a there's a song. I like I like to connect songs, old songs. Then this one group is called Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears, I believe. And I love that one song that they used to sing, Sowing the Seeds of Love. Anybody ever heard that song before? And we need to be sowing the seeds of love wherever we go. And I notice when I start sowing the seeds of love, praying for people, talking to people about the Lord, getting people on our text community, glory to God. That's sowing the seeds of love. Yesterday, I, I spent some time in prayer and worship. And because I, I want to spend time in God, because I got to have God on my life. I got to have the presence of God. And so I pulled up to YMCA to work out. And, uh, and, and the lady that works there, her name's Andrea. And she came up and I, I ministered to her before in the past. And she said, you've been spending some time with God. She noticed I was spending some time with God. And, and, and I believe she was a Christian. And I started preaching a message to her. I must have preached for five minutes straight. And, it was, and, and I'm telling you, I preached myself happy. And then I said to her, I said, listen, do you want to... I said, we have a text community where we send out a scripture every day, where we can connect you to our sermons, where you will get updates on our church. And I said, would you like it? She said, please. And so I put her on my text community. Amen? What am I doing? Sowing the seeds of love. Amen. I'm letting my light shine before men so men can see our good works and glorify God which is in heaven. Can I get a witness in the house today? The reason why we named Exceed Life Church, Exceed Life Church, it's based on John 10.10. 10. 
Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Exceed means to go beyond the limits. We are limited in our own power. But with Jesus, you know, some would say the sky is the limit. But with Jesus, there's no limits. Boy, that's that's powerful. I'm going to say this again. Some people, the sky is the limit. But with Jesus, there is no limits. Thus, exceed life, church. Amen. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Hebrews eleven six, And it's, the, it's by faith that we acquire the healing in our life, the blessings of God in our life. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So how many people believe in the house today that God is in the rewarding business? Do you know the Bible says that Jesus, the only way he endured the cross was that he he saw past the cross and he saw us. He saw himself at the right hand of the father. He he saw that he he was able to endure that. You're going to be able to endure some things, get past some things when you see the future. When you see the future of where you're going, then it's going, to, it's going to enable you to endure what you're dealing with down here. But not only endure, you're going to get through it. Amen. Not only get through it, you're going to get blessed and get, receive your healing through it. You know, some of you might have long-term ailments. You might be dealing with high blood pressure. You might be dealing with uh, diabetes. I know people in our church that was diagnosed with diabetes and they don't have it anymore. That's powerful. That's serena, glory to God. And the doctors were amazed. I love to bring her up because, you know, we can come in broke, busted, and disgusted, but we should leave blessed, (laughs) anointed, and graced. And so that's my, my prayer for you, is that when you come in here, that your faith is going to go to another level so that you can walk in the fullness of the grace that God has for you. Faith doesn't come by prayer. Some people think, I can pray for more faith. Uh, uh, it won't come that way. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by the word. So as we spend time in the word, we will see the blessings of God in our lives. There are four keys that I want to give you to revive your hope in the Lord. The number one key, you must withdraw. At different times, we need to get alone with God. We need to get a fresh perspective. We need to view our life through the lenses of God's eyes. In Luke 5, 16, it says, So he, talking about Jesus, himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. I'm going I'm to encourage you to get by yourself with God at times. That's why I like to fast. Sometimes you just need a fast and pray so that you can get what I like to call the burning bush experience. You need to get a greater revelation of God in your lives. Somebody say, get alone with God. Number two, if you're going to revive your hope, your hope is an earnest expectation of good to come, 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So hope it brings into reality the faith promises that God gives us in his word. Number two, if we're going to revive hope, we need to learn to wait. Now I know no, nobody likes to wait for anything. We have microwaves. We have drive throughs We have instant coffee. We have instant tea. We have everything that's instant. We have texts. We have emails. You don't have to wait for, you don't have to have snail mail. You can have email. You can have your pictures. I, I take a picture and I can send it to my, I'm on my phone and I can take a picture and send it to my mom while she's on her phone and she can pick it up instantly. We live in an instant world and nobody wants to wait for anything. But God says in his word that they that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall run and, and they shall walk and not faint. So we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Good things come to those who wait. Have you ever heard that before? Amen. Number three, we must, number one, withdraw. Number two, wait. Number three, word up. What does that mean, word up? That means we got to get word up. <laughs> word up, glory to God. Word. What do I mean by that? You got to get in God's word. That's the only word to have. You've got to have God's word. That's the only word that the angels will listen to. The Bible says he hearkens to the voice uh, angels in Psalms 103.20, hearkens to the voice of his word. So you, got, you have to have the word. The word has to be in your life. I love what it says in Proverbs 4, 20 and 25. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline my ear, uh, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, put perverse lips far from you, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. So he says here, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, and let them not depart from your eyes, and keep them in the midst of your heart. And what does it produce? It produces life. It produces health to your bodies. The Word of God is not just faith food for the Christian. It, it, it's, it's, it will produce everything that we can believe God for and then some. Doesn't God say that he will abundantly give us abundantly above more than we can ask or think according to the power that works within us? See, God is a, is a uh, over-the-top God. He's a, he's a God that wants to bless us above, beyond, more than we can ask or think. And when we are living our word, life according to the word, standing on the word, allowing that word to transform us, glory to God. 
then we will see the blessings of God in our lives. Number four, if you're going to revive hope in your life, you have to write it down. What I mean by write it down, I mean that when God gives you something, when you get a revelation of God's goodness, you need to write it down. Or when God says that he wants you to do something, he wants you to do something in your life, you need to write it down. In Habakkuk 2, 2, it says that Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for a point in time but at the end it will speak it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come to pass so in a becca it says here right before that before he said write it he said spend time with god so you spend time with god and god will show you spend time in his word what he wants in your life he, of course, he wants you to bear fruit, but he wants you walking above the circumstances and not under the circumstances. He wants you walking in health and victory. He wants you walking in the fullness of the blessing. Why? So he can show you off. We serve an awesome, mighty God. You know what? I'm going to say this to you today that my question is, are you seeing the promise uh, coming to pass in your life? You must see it. And if, if you see it in your imagination, you will have it. I like what blind Bartimaeus, you know, he may have been blind, but he still had vision. I'm going to say again, blind Bartimaeus, a man in the, in the Bible, was blind, but he had vision. How can you be blind and have vision at the same time? He had a desire to see. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, come. And Jesus asked him what you want. And, and, and what he did was he already had the vision he was going to see. We know this. He knew that he was going to get his eyesight. How did you know? Because he dropped the beggar's coat. And when he dropped the beggar's coat, he said, I'm not going to be begging anymore. See, God didn't call us to be beggars. See, you're not beggars. Amen. No, you're kings. You're priests. In the name of the Lord. When you come in, you come into the throne room with boldness to obtain the promises. You, are you hearing what I'm saying? Boldness. Why? Because the blood of Jesus should give you boldness to access the promises of God in the throne room of God. Can I get a witness in the house today? And when you are walking right with God, you're, you're walking righteous, you're walking in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus, and you're walking righteously under God's hand. In other words, pursuing righteousness, faith, with a good, pure heart, you will see the grace and the blessings of God on your life. Blind Bartimaeus imagined himself seeing, and Jesus opened his eyes. The lady with the issue of blood for 12 years saw herself well, and her faith made her whole. The leopards cried out, mercy, and they received their healing. The thief on the cross was with, was with Jesus. Notice that Jesus was the Son of God, and asked Jesus, if you would remember me, and Jesus said, this day you will be with with me in paradise. I'm telling you, if you just start speaking out of your mouth, start confessing the word of God, start asking God for some help, start standing in the promises of God's word, you will see the blessings, you will see your healing, you will see your deliverance, you will see it bar none, and I believe that you will have it, and I believe people in this church is coming out of any ailments that the enemy's putting on, we're coming into victory.
victory. We're not victims. We're victors. We're not being conquered. We are conquerors. We are kings. We're reigning like kings on this earth. Amen. Amen. I got some amens in here. Somebody say, I'm reigning like a king on this earth. You know what kings do? They decree a thing. Job says, decree a thing and it will be so. Are you decreeing anything out here? Are you declaring your victory? Are you declaring your healing? Are you declaring your deliverance? Are you decreeing some things? Because when you start decreeing, lining your words up with the word of God, God will cause it to come to pass. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you that you've, you are doing great and mighty things in our lives. I thank you, Father God, that you are uh, uh, moving in our prayer life. You're moving upon our words. You are moving, Lord. And I know, Father God, that your word does not return void. But the Bible says it accomplishes all that you desire to accomplish that you watch over your word to perform it. And I thank you that your word is being watched over as we speak it. And I'm believing for miracles in this service. Perhaps you're here today. Perhaps you're watching online. And you never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance. So I want to invite you to receive Jesus, to put him on the throne of your heart. Say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.